This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. I mean, that was, she was amazing, right? Michelle Fitzgerald. She's fantastic. She really is. Like, I just felt like we were on Saturday Night Live when they're doing like sweaty balls and you're like, she's fantastic. Like, you know that skit when they're like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I just felt like was happening. Um, (laughs) That's hilarious. She's terrific. Yeah, she's, she's so, yeah, she is. She was great. She was really sweet. Yeah. And I feel like. You know, most people can't identify with going on Survivor or being on reality TV, but her thought process of what was happening in her life and where she wanted it to go, I think is something that everyone can identify with. Um, And she had such great advice about, you know, just doing it or putting things out there, verbalizing things, holding yourself accountable. Um, So, yeah, I think people can take a lot away from from what she spoke to us about. I'm Nicole. I'm here with Victoria and Michelle Fitzgerald. For those of you who don't know her, which would be very surprising at this point because she's, I feel like, all over TV and the internet, but she is the winner of Survivor 32 and then, correct me if I'm wrong, second runner-up on Survivor 40, mm-hmm. right? And was a competitor on season 37 of the challenge and are currently on the season that's airing right now. Oh yes, that is all true. Apparently I'm a four time reality TV star. Who knew? I think the most important thing about regarding you is that we're all from Freehold, which what are the chances of that? And our families are friends, but we're, we never really connected probably because I'm older than you. And I think you're the same age as my youngest brother, right? Yeah. But I'm with your youngest brother. We've, we've gotten into some trouble before. So, you know, <laughs> Hey, I even hang out with your parents. So like, it's about time that we actually. How funny. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I know your mom, probably the best of your whole family. And, um, I've known her for a long time, but it is nice to connect. I mean, we always watch, we're like supporting you from Freehold, you know, when you're on your shows. So it's cool that we can talk about something that's hopefully like, I mean, helps other people. But what we really wanted to focus on today was just stepping outside of your comfort zone, which obviously you did. I mean, we were talking about like a little bit on our getting to know you, getting to know us episode, but like, we're all from like a fairly smallish town you know, in New Jersey. And we watch these reality shows and Survivor seems to be like, you know, it's not something that everyone would do. So I think if you want to just like, maybe introduce yourself, I gave you a little intro, but what were you doing before applying and maybe like what your mindset was to get you to even get to that point to apply for Survivor, which was your first go at it, right? And successful. So yeah, it was awesome. I was really young when I first went on Survivor, to be honest with you. I was 24, 32 now, so I've been in the rigmarole for a while, Um, but essentially, I had just got out of school. I was kind of lost, to be honest with you. I was dating a dud. He was like a terrible guy. I was totally, I was truly, truly lost. I didn't know where I was going with my career. I didn't see a future with the person that I was with, and I was like, 
God, this is feels like such a dead end right now. Like I needed something to recharge me and like get me excited about the path and where I was going. And I just like honestly applied to Survivor on sort of like a whim of being like, this seems like it would be such a cool adventure. And I never really thought that I would get on. And they called me. I actually was in Thailand because I was like, well, either way, whether or not I get in Survivor, I'm going to take a journey for myself that's going to push myself out of my comfort zone. I I shot, took a shot in the dark for Survivor, but I was like, F it. I'm going to go do this on my own. And I moved to Thailand, actually. So they called me when I was in Thailand. And... I was like, okay, you know what? I'll come home. Let's get this thing rolling. They're like, don't come home for us. We'll call you next season. Um, and I actually didn't do the next season either. I did three seasons later. So really, I was in the process for almost two full years by the time I almost already got cast. And life changes so much in two years. So I was a different person than I was when I was 22 and applied. Um, but I still was like chasing that adventure. I just wanted to be like bigger than... I felt that I was and I like wanted to prove myself to myself and to other people. Um, and that's kind of how that journey just sort of began. Do you think Michelle, you were conscious of it? I mean, you said you, you were in a specific place in your life where maybe you felt like you needed a change, but do you look back now and think, I don't even know how I ended up doing that or were you really, um, driven to step outside of what you were doing at the moment and where your life was headed or where you thought it was headed? I was very, very driven to, to take life by the horns and like be an active part of like something bigger. Um, I knew that for me, like the nine to five was never going to be something that I could conform to. Like I always struggled with school and things like that. Not, not grades wise, just like it never felt like the I, structure. I never liked the structure of it. And I felt myself rebelling in that structure, not because I didn't enjoy school, but because somebody was telling me what to do. And I was like, I don't want to do what other people are telling me to do. I want to be somebody who follows this cookie cutter path forward. And there's nothing wrong with that cookie cutter, cutter path because a lot of people find happiness and stillness in that. But what happens for somebody like me is that stillness becomes like, still water and there's like a film over top and it grows moss and it like is not that that's not comfortable for me the movement and the pushing myself is actually more comfortable for somebody like me than sitting still and like following that really traditional path so i knew that i i knew that i was always going to be pushing boundaries i just didn't know what capacity i didn't know if I, that was going to be in an entrepreneurial realm or in something that was like communication, or I didn't really know exactly which way I was going to go. I guess reality TV fell in my lap. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, w would you say, like, do you think your friends and family would have expected something like that from you? Is, is that type of leap indicative of your personality? Yes, I think very much so. My parents, so my, my dad is a police officer, was a police officer. My mom is a chef. Um, but she teaches baking. So like we have a teacher and a, and a cop, you know, like pretty, pretty like blue collar, middle, you know, class kind of professions. And they grew up coming from that as well. So they, they really much, very much expected us to kind of follow that same really stable trajectory. And at first when I was like, Hey, I applied to survivor. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I'm also moving to Thailand. You know, I'm taking a break in school, all this. My parents are like, 
okay, we're cutting off your credit cards, even though it was my money. <laughs> They're like, you're not, we're chaining you to the basement, you know, floor, and you're staying here. And I was like, you can fight it all you want, but I'm still like, you trying to hold me back is, it's only prolonging. Like, it can't stop me from taking this leap that I want to do. And maybe you can stop me from going to Thailand or whatever, but there's going to be something around the corner that I'm going to follow anyways. So they just learned, like, don't even try. Just embrace the chaos of it all and, and make sure that they know where I'm at so that I'm not, like, getting kidnapped and, you know, abroad or something. Well, I want to talk about that because that was really your first step into going outside your comfort zone. I didn't realize you were planning to move to Thailand. It wasn't just like you were taking a week or two vacation. Um, so, cause I, I lived in Asia and Southeast Asia as well. I, I made that move and I was in a similar place in my life. Um, like didn't know I'm where just I was laughing going. because, sorry, I'm just laughing because Victoria and I literally almost got kidnapped in Thailand. So yeah, that's <laughs> like, we had that experience Classic. actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. And that's, that's a story for another day. Um, so yeah, I mean, I totally know what that feeling is of like, okay, oh crap, we're doing this. Let's go and preparing yourself. But, um, was that the initial kind of thought for you? Like you were going to move there and just see where life takes you? Uh, at the time I was bartending and I had saved. So like whenever I got tipped in $20, $50, whatever, I put all of that into my savings. The singles, sometimes the fives, I would put in an envelope. I literally still have it. It says Michelle's Dream Fund. And like I, I literally that. saved up four years of bartending and serving. And so I saved up about like it was like $3 here, $5 here, whatever, which seems so like su such a slow progress. But for me, I ended up saving like $5,000. And I was like, when this runs out, I'll come home. And I decided to do like a work away program where I worked uh, and lived for free. Um, and I really applied everywhere and Thailand accepted me. And I was like, I guess I'm going to Southeast Asia. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was, um, it was it, a good, good time in my life, but I was really lost. And I think that I don't know if I was like running towards something or running away from something. And I always ask myself that question. I ended up like finding myself in that, whether or not it was running towards or away. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely that like launched off a lot of my, a lot of my life and how I live my life now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Something my brother actually said to me before I moved to Asia, I was in Malaysia um, and he said, I don't know if you're running away from something or running to something, but your problems won't go away no matter where you are. So just like, remember that. And at the time I was like, yeah, okay. But um, obviously that's very true. Yeah. But it also taking yourself outside of your day-to-day -day little bubble, especially that, you know, where we're from, I think it changes the trajectory of your life in, in so many different ways. So totally get that. Okay. So now you get accepted to Survivor. One, what are you thinking, feeling, what's going through your mind when you found out you were accepted? And then if you can talk a little bit about the the type of prep that goes in to making a move like that. I think a lot of what I was feeling was general imposter syndrome. I think I experience it a lot even now, but you know, I'm I'm there with people who are literal NBA, famous NBA players, people who are a whole team of Ivy Leaguers. Like I'm like I'm this hippie from 
freehold New Jersey who like know where I belong. Like I didn't go to a good school. I didn't, I don't have any accolades behind me. I have nothing to prove that I'm anything of worth. So like for me, I felt very much like, what am I doing here? Like, did, how did I slide in? Like, did they, did they just like, did my application stick to somebody else's more importance to me? And then I somehow like ended up with a plane ticket. Like I did not understand how it happened. So I think a lot of it was trying to like build my confidence and realize that I was there for a reason. I was chosen for a reason and like just, you know, go with it. But it was difficult at first for me because I was young and naive and insecure. And like all of those feelings are come to a head when you're traveling and put in a situation like that. Yeah, totally. Do you think that your nerves subsided a bit once you got there and got into a routine or how, how, how long did it take you to acclimate into this new normal? It's tough because, you know, I, I really, as soon as I got there, I was like, the, the thing that's going to serve me best is being myself. I can't try to put on something that I'm more important than I am. If I'm just a hundred percent my authentic self, hopefully somebody will connect with that. And hopefully that will help me in this game. But, you know, at first you really are just trying to like figure out where everybody lies, where you lie in the grander scheme of the social dynamic. And I think it takes about like maybe seven to nine days is what people start to realize. Like that's when the fun wears off. That's when like the, hey, we're on Survivor. How great is this? And then the exhaustion, the self-doubt, the paranoia, the hunger, the sleep deprivation, like all of that stuff really kicks in or, and like the missing your family, your friends and stability of like home kicks in around seven to nine days. So this is when you see a lot of people have mental breakdowns. This is when the paranoia really starts. So you can even see it like if you watch other seasons, like around that time, you start to see people lose their goddamn minds. And so it's yeah. hard. Yeah, there's so many different factors that you're you're dealing with. Um, what do you think you were most nervous about? Because I think this could be helpful to people. You know, whatever they're trying to do or thinking about doing is realizing, you know, what's maybe holding them back. And that if you can kind of share your experiences of how that played out and that it all worked out for you. Well, it's kind of like you're always nervous of the unknown. I think that the unknown is such like, we try to control, like, we all try to control so much of our lives. We hold it so tight. Sometimes we strangle it to death. And um, I really believe that the unknown is always going to make us uncomfortable. If you can lean into that uncomfortableness and you can say, you know what, at least I'm feeling something. I'm feeling uncomfortable. And feeling uncomfortable could lead to joy. It could lead to pain. It could lead to something. But at least I'm not standing still. So, like, I think I learned in the process that like every time that I felt the most uncomfortable in my life is when the biggest accomplishments have ever happened. I don't think things that I don't think, you know, things ever really happen when any time that I've been like, I'm going to stay still and watch Netflix every night. Like it does just yeah. that's not, that's not when my achievements come to fruition. So, um, yeah, you know, confidence, finding faking confidence is a big thing too. Like fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I love that. Yeah. Well, okay. So you were then on another season of Survivor and a season of The Challenge. Um, what made you want to continue doing these competition shows specifically? The money. No. <laughs> and it's a good paycheck whether you win or not. That's honestly the truth of it. But also, yeah. like, I felt 
I felt that when I walked into my first season, I was like one Michelle. I was like a naive person who like didn't really know where I was headed, didn't really know what I was capable of. And I left with like so much confidence and so it like really, really built me up. And then watching it back and getting slaughtered on social media, like really, really took a tailspin and shattered my confidence. So like I've had these up and down journeys with it. Is it good for my mental health? Like I'm, I'm not always sure, you know, I'm not putting yourself in the public limelight to get like crucified is not always easy. So it does take a certain amount of like <laughs> bounce back, you know, yeah. and like a good family unit and friend unit. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I, I often question to myself, like, would my life be a little bit easier if maybe I stopped stepping into the reality TV world? But it's fun, and I do feel growth when I'm in it. So, like, I grow more in three weeks on a reality TV show than I do in two years in my regular life. So, like, there's there's value to that, I think. Yeah. How do you deal with that social media stuff? Do you tend to ignore it, or do you do you read it? Do you watch it? What do you do? It's tough. Like, my first season, I was 24, and, like, this is when social media was kind of, like, blowing up and I was not prepared for that level I thought oh I won so like everything is gonna go great for me people are gonna be so so happy that I won this is my crowning achievement you know what I mean and when it didn't pan out like that I lost a lot of the confidence that I had gained from actually winning so like it it wasn't easy but now at this point I've been on four shows I've heard every single thing that anybody said about me you know what they they think I sound like I'm drunk all the time when I talk, or like I talk too slow, or I, I'm unathletic, or whatever it is. Like people have a million slanders. And when you think that you've heard it all, I guess, like they come up with something new and creative. But I also have to realize like I'm the one out here doing it, putting myself in the vulnerable situation to get judged. And so I have to, I just have to like take it with a grain of salt and be like, Fine that you believe that way, but I'm still out here getting paid and my family loves me and they're proud of me. And that's like what matters, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the first time I think I have heard anyone refer to a Jersey girl talking slow. <laughs> that's not like typically what they say about us, but <laughs> um, <laughs> like Valley girl. Cause I do, I do talk like a Valley girl. I can't help it. This is how I talk. And <laughs> elongate a lot of sentences and you know what I, I I'm sorry I can't change it when when you meet me in real life and when you meet me on the show I'm the exact same and like I honestly pride myself on that that my family looks at everything I do and they're and I'm like oh I can't believe I did that and everybody's like of course you did that like you're exactly that's fond if we were home doing the exact same thing so like I think just knowing confidently at the end of the day like not everybody's gonna love me fine but my family loves me and they see that I'm not putting on an act. They know that it's really genuinely me. And so like, you just have to prioritize what's important. Yeah. And I think it sounds like having that support system, whether it's familial or other is really important in helping you make those decisions and deal with what, what comes your way as you step outside of your comfort zone and try new things and put yourself out there. So that's great to hear that. Cause I know for me, traveling, living abroad, all the, the things I've done in my own career, that's been an important thing for me to like have that touch base of like, okay, is this me? Am I on the right path? What's going on? Um, so I think it's important for people to to find that, whatever it is. 
Yeah, like find that point so that you don't lose yourself too deep in anything that you're doing too. Because they'll, they'll, like if you check, even if you're in a relationship or whatever, like if you start acting unlike yourself, people can be tentative to tell you that you've changed. So like opening that line of communication and being like, hey, like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling about like everything? Like I really, I really do use my friends and family as a sounding board. I also do really believe in like therapy and making sure that you're not unloading everything on just your friends and family, like getting, doing the self work, like outside of that so that you can still, it can still be a fun experience for them as well. Totally. Um, I think just one thing that you, we were talking about of like having your family, I think that's also one of the things that holds people back because, you know, taking any step in a different direction, people you're wondering like, what's my family going to think if I do this? What are my friends going to think? Are they going to support me? Like, am I going going to embarrass myself? So like, what would you say? I mean, for you, luckily you have supportive family, but like you said in the beginning, they weren't really seeing like the value in what you were doing. So do you have advice for people who feel like that is part of their struggle in stepping outside of their comfort zone? Yeah, it's difficult because listen, I remember somebody starting a YouTube channel and they were from somewhere that I had met before. And I remember first being like, this is so crazy. This was before social media. And I was like, this is so crazy. Like, I'm like being judgmental, whatever. And then this person takes off into the universe and they're so famous and they knocked it out of the park. And I'm like, wow, listen, her success ate my words, right? So like, for me, I think it's about saying like, my voice has to be the loudest in the room. My happiness has to be the loudest in the room because I cannot be good for you if I'm not good for me first. And like, you have to live your authentic truth or else everybody in your life is going to suffer watching you suffer. So like, at the end of the day, listen, you might do some embarrassing things. I might make out on reality TV and my dad has to watch it. And then I have to be like, wow, that's really freaking embarrassing. But you know what? The good really outweighs the bad. And I think that, sure, you're going to make some missteps. You're going to do some cringy things. You might have to call crying and be like, why did I move to San Francisco? Why did I put invest all this money in this business? Like, You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to fail. Guess what? That's part of taking a risk. But just know that you have to be confident in it. And your friends will, your friends and family will follow that. You know, They're going to be happy to see you follow your passion ultimately, I think. Hopefully, if you have good friends or family, and if you don't, then, you know, find a support group that is entrepreneurial or find a support group that likes to travel or whatever it is so that you can find people who will lift you up on that path and that journey. Yeah, that's good advice. And also, I think people do come around. It's just like if it's something that's not, you know, that they wouldn't do or that they're familiar with, they don't know how to support you because it's so outside of their realm of thinking. So it's like, I mean, even this is so stupid, but like even us doing this podcast, it was definitely stepping outside our comfort zone a bit. Like we're putting ourselves out there. You know what I mean? Like, okay. And we know people are going to hear us. We know some people are going to like it and some people aren't. And, but it did take us a bit to like get comfortable to do it, even just something this small. So I think like, it is good advice. And like you said, if you have good friends and family, they do come around and support you and understand that it's important to you. So it should be, you know, important to them too. So, and like, what's really the worst thing that could happen? Like you fail and then you pick yourself back up and try something new or you readjust. Like 
I don't always think that failure is the worst thing that could possibly happen. I think not doing something that you want to do is worst case scenario. So failure for me is honestly not always failure. I, I just believe that the big fail is not doing it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I saw, like, I've seen a quote, it says re, um, rejection equals redirection. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually such a good mindset. Because when we're rejected, I mean, even if, you know, you won the first survivor, obviously, but like feeling rejected in any way, you could definitely sit in that and stew in it and it could, you know, hurt you and cause you not to put yourself out there again. Or you can see it as redirection. Like maybe this wasn't the right path for me. What else can I do? So yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Failure is definitely like a, you know, creates room for growth. So yeah. And there's so much learning in failure too. Like all of my relationships that have failed or my career, you know, paths that have failed or whatever it is, like every single time I go out of it and I like, sure, I'm beating myself up. Of course, it's only natural to do that. But I'm also like, okay, what was the lesson here? How have I grown? How how have I grown? What did I take away? How did this failure actually benefit me? And like, I really do try to frame it that way, like every single time to make sure that I'm keeping perspective on like, well, what, what would have happened if you didn't put yourself out there? What if you didn't try that relationship? You know what I mean? What if, so I, I, I think that redirection is, is great. And I think acceptance is like also great. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I, I just ramble, you know, I go off on. Oh, no, it's good. No, it's great. I mean, you've obviously lived through putting yourself in situations that, you know, are not typical. And I think people are still going to say like, well, I could never do that. Like I, you know, people still are going to feel like, okay, that's great. She did it. She has the personality to do it, but I could never do it. So people who are still saying that, who are listening to this, what would you say like is a first step? Not that they have to go apply to Survivor, but just a first step in stepping outside of their comfort zone. Well, I my biggest thing always is honestly telling people that I'm doing it because when I went to go move to Thailand, right? Like I started telling people, I'm like, I'm moving to Thailand, by the way. Like I, I want you to know, oh, sorry, I went to low power mode. Um, I'm moving, like I'm gonna leave you know, I'm leaving this job and I'm, uh, you know, like going to get a place there and whatever. And it was before I left the job or anything. But then you feel this sense of like, anytime you see that person, they're like, oh, I thought you were moving to Thailand. Like, when is that happening? And it put this pressure on me that I'm like, well, I've already told all these people that I'm doing it. So like, if I don't do it, then I'm going to back out of it. So like, I really, I really just spread the word that I was going to go do all this crazy shit. And then I was too ashamed to tell them that I wasn't going to do it. So then I went and did it. Yeah. Like gives you, makes you be accountable for your, for yourself. Right. It's the same thing as like telling some, being like, I'm going to go to the gym every single day. And then, you know, your friend checks in and they're like, did you go to the gym today? You're like, no. But if you like tell everybody and you're like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, you wait till you see it. I'm on this journey, like whatever you start to be. And I'm going to post every single day about it on my Instagram. Like suddenly you're like, shit, I have to post every day on my Instagram because or else I'm going to look like a fraud and a liar. So like, I, I really believe in like making sure that you tell, like, that's how I do it. I feel guilty and that I have to follow through with it. <laughs> I think that's a, I mean, it's a really good strategy. Having like some sort of accountability is yeah. obviously important, but yeah, like cast that net wide and tell everyone, you know, and then someone's bound to hold you accountable, right? Or yourself, right? If you start telling people, you're like, 
oh, I'm starting this jewelry business or, oh, I'm starting this podcast. Next time somebody sees you, they're going to be like, so what's going on with your business? What's, what's happening with the podcast? When's it being released? Whatever. Then you're like, oh, actually, I didn't do it. Whatever. You know, it's almost better to tell people and then be like, oh, it's launching November 1st, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's you, you start to just create your own accountability, I think, in that way. Yeah, that's a that's a good tip. That was a really good tip. Um, since you gave one good tip, do you have any other like helpful tips with someone contemplating to make a change? The accountability one was a great one. I think if you want to make a change in your life, I think you really have to sit down and ask yourself, why do you want to make the change? And what do you hope to get out of the change? Because if your change is saying like, oh, I want I want to move uh, out of New York City. And it's because you're like, I want to run as far away from my ex as humanly possible. Like, is the mo- what's the motive driving you? And what are you, what are you aiming to do? Like, you really have to have a clear purpose, I think. And I think it has to be pure. And um, I think just asking yourself, like, the really important qualifying questions to make sure that the reason that you're doing it is, like, something that's going to be sustainable. Or is it something that as soon as you go make that move, it's not on a strong enough foundation that you can be easily wavered. Like you have to convince yourself into it. You have to make a do's and don't, pros and cons list. You have to make sure that the reason that you're doing it is strong so that any shaking, any earthquake that happens, you're still standing. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that that's really, really important as well. Like making sure that you fully believe in your own vision. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And also like with fully believing in yourself, do you... Like, how do you find the confidence to believe in yourself and to follow through with things that you kind of set up for yourself? Like I said, fake it till you make it. Like, you just have to believe that you're going to be capable of doing it. And um, I don't know. Like, I've always been somebody who's like, ever my, my friends call me a cat because they're like, you jump and you always land on your feet. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't always land on my feet. But I always find a way to like, I'm more like a bouncy ball. Like I'll just bounce back. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that it's about giving yourself grace to like say, okay, well this, like I'm not, it's not going to all go perfectly. It doesn't have to go perfect. Life isn't perfect. And um, I'm just going to take the leap and like feel confident in myself that if it fails, which at some point it probably will, I have the wherewithal to bounce back and, and, you know, weather the storm. And that's yeah, where the I growth mean, that, happens. Yeah, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that was my only point. It's very true. Well, Michelle, we are so thankful and grateful that you were able to join us today. I know we're excited to see all of the things that you continue getting up to. Um, and we know, like I said, you're super busy. You've got a lot going on. Before you leave us, we're hoping um, you can maybe. Lend some advice, to, uh, you know, is there anything that you can leave our listeners with that will help motivate them to try something new? I think, you know, take the first step. Like it's, it's something that it's going to feel uncomfortable if that means getting yourself to the gym, baby steps. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to leap right into it. Maybe buy, maybe buy the gym clothes that's going to make me, you feel cute so that you can start to feel motivated to go to the gym. Like take the baby step and one foot in front of the other, you know, you're going to have days where it, 
it's going to feel like you're walking through mud. But as long as you're moving forward, that's, that's the only thing that you can ask of yourself. So um, you are, listen, I am, I consider myself a very normal person from a very normal upbringing. I don't think that I'm anything spectacular. So if I can do spectacular things, I believe that anybody can. Yeah, definitely. And, and just like you're saying, like put it out in the universe and watch it happen from there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So our listeners know there's something we like to ask every guest before uh, they leave us. And that is, um, do you have a mantra that helps keep you motivated every day? I mean, I always live by the like, if you don't want to do it, get up and do it right now. Like I, I never, I am somebody who drags my feet on a lot of things and I can hem and haul over them. So like, I really, I really am like, I'm thinking about it, thinking about it, like get, just get, stop thinking about it, get up and do it. Don't think, act. And I, and that I try to implement that in every aspect of my life because I will have that laundry sitting there forever. I will procrastinate going to the gym. I will procrastinate. I will have my snooze alarm. So like I'm somebody who needs to be like, all right, let's act on this instant. And yeah, I don't think that that's an actual saying, but I'm not really a wordsmith. So no, <laughs> it's definitely a mantra. It counts and super motivating can help in all aspects of your life. Totally. Um, well, tell us how people can, can reach you if they want to, you know, see what you're up to, what's going on in your life, if they want to learn more about what you're doing. Cool. Well, you can obviously catch me Wednesdays at 8 on MTV. Um, <laughs> but I'm also on Instagram on uh, Mish Fits, Mish underscore Fits. Um, don't follow me on Twitter because Twitter is a cesspool. And if you're on Twitter, you know, hopefully, hopefully you only follow helpful, good accounts. Um, but yeah, reach out, DM me and, um, you know, I'm always happy to connect with anybody. So thank you so much. That was perfect. It was like our timing. Everything was great. Um, we like to keep the interview short because we know everyone's busy. So I think we just got a ton of great advice for people and got into your head a little bit of what, what made you get involved in these reality competition shows. It was really, honestly, a great combo. And we're so grateful that you came on with us. I got it. Thank you guys so much. I honestly am just flandering through my entire life. So hopefully <laughs> something stuck and sounded like I know what I'm talking about. But really, I um, thank you guys so much for having me on. I, I hope that somebody took something beneficial out of it. <laughs> they definitely will. No, it was for awesome. Sure. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.